0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today and making TeacherCast your home for professional development. This is Educational Podcasting Today, episode number 42. Today, we're going to be talking about some of the not-so-popular things that we can do with our podcast. I have a fantastic guest today that actually, before the show, has been schooling me on some of the brand-new podcasting platforms, and I'm excited to be having him on the show today to talk about Maybe some of the things that we haven't discussed yet on this podcast. So stick around. It is going to be a great conversation. We, of course, want to say thank you for being here. We are an educational podcast that helps teach you how to create your own educational podcast, whether it be in the classroom or in your home studio. For more information about how you can bring podcasting into your world, check out educationalpodcasting.today. That's educationalpodcasting.today. For more information about how to do curricular work, Choose the best equipment, find the right application, and really anything under the podcasting world. Check it out today over at educationalpodcasting.today. And as I said at the beginning of the show, we have a great opportunity here to learn a lot. I am so excited about my guest. I want to bring on today Dr. Daniel Downs, who's currently the Director of Digital Learning in the North Reading Public School System. Daniel, how are you today? Welcome to the show.
1: I am great. I am energized and happy to be here. Great, great to meet you, Jeff.
0: I am so excited to have you here. We're going to talk all about podcasting because you are not only the host of one show. You've actually got two shows, my friend, don't you?
1: I, I do. I um, you know, I I try to keep them thinking about them all. You know, the whole thing's in a transition. I've you know really only been doing podcasting for about a year. You know, taking it step by step. Um, I, I do one show for the Maple uh, or, organization, um, Leading and Learning, uh, a podcast which is about kind of very trying to have engaging, deep conversation with some of the innovation people and in leadership in Massachusetts um, around personalized learning and change agents in schools. Um, my other podcast is Digital Learning by Design, which is kind of like my little take of people that are near and around me. And I, I want to have either a deeper conversation about robotics you know, with someone in my district, or I want to You know, I always want to, you know, now as an administrator, kind of, you know, if I have a great conversation with someone who's a really great leader, I want to continue that conversation and find different ways to share it.
0: Now some of the stuff that we're going to get into today I'm going to warn you guys right now I told him he has my full permission to get quite podcast nerdy on this show and if you guys have any questions about how to do all this stuff or if you're looking to learn about podcasting in general of course you can always check us out on Twitter at podcasting today ask your questions we love interacting with you guys and just like Daniel here if you'd like to be a guest on our show you can reach out to us over at feedback at teachercast.net reach out to us or over at teachercast.net slash voicemail tell us all about your story we would love to have you here as a guest now daniel you said on your two shows one of them is for the maple uh uh group and the other one is your personal show which came first did you start to say i i have the itch let me see something or was this a business decision that kind of hit home and you wanted to try something in your own studio
1: I had done a lot of video recording for my classroom as screencast back from 2011 on and you know I wanted to do something that um for myself I felt like I was having some great conversations with people I had seen you know I kind of get the the podcast bug from YouTube just with you know going through and seeing all these amazing podcasts and different topics and I felt like I was meeting some people that would be um great for podcasts so um I would say there was a part of me that was always doing my own little thing with them in terms of the digital learning by design one, and I was moving kind of slow with it. Um, but then I started working with this Maple organization in being more strategic in some educational um, sectors in Massachusetts. And I thought that for their organization, highlighting certain people that really could support that organization would be great topics as well. And they can suggest things that as an individual, I might not suggest to myself. So for me, it's also like growth.
0: And I love the fact that you have two different styles here, right? On one hand, your digital learning by design is a show that doesn't have an audience and you need to grow that audience every single week. But on the other hand, with the Maple organization, your audience really is the organization and you're trying to show off and and evangelize and promote all the great stuff that's happening in that organization. Do you try to do the same show for Or should I say, do you try to do the same format for both or do you do
1: do different things here? I totally, the digital learning by design, I I try to, I'll, I'll do something different every time. I'll try, I'll do meeting when I'm a classroom teacher in my district and meet with them and talk about what's happening in their school and put that out. I will meet with um, someone outside a district and talk to them about um, an innovative practice that they're working on or working with. Um, I'll do a video that is a Twitter chat live. And we're talking about people who are chiming into our Twitter chat and record that and have kind of a very fresh free and go and edit that later. Um, I think that's kind of a pretty cool experience is to do a podcast of a live Twitter chat. Um, with the Maple organization, it's I, I framed that for them as an organization. Um, I wanted them, you know, I gave them kind of a little framework and I proposed it. And um, what it's kind of a checks and balances about, you know, the things that are important to that organization. And also, I like it because they'll suggest someone that maybe I didn't have on my radar. And I, and maybe they're promoting something completely different than I might be interested in. So it, it kind of helps me work on a specific style if I was doing something for a much more targeted audience like Maple and personalized learning. And then myself where I might be targeting, you know, just engaging people around my district or other people who are interested in a similar ed tech topic.
0: That, that's interesting that you're, that you're very versatile with your topics and stuff. I, I, I gotta ask, cause you said you've been doing this for a year, um, what have you learned? Like what, what have you picked up over the years that maybe somebody who's just starting out might be, uh, might be needing to know these days?
1: So it's, it's essentially very easy to make a podcast, you know, like essentially if you have, um, a framework in mind and, you know, some skill at editing using one tool or another, um, I think you should give it a shot because, and just see if it's right for you. Um, if you can frame out questions for someone who might be on your show, um, I think that's where I kind of started was I I wanted to do things interesting. I started with just framing out five or six questions for people, recording them. Um, I used a variety of tools, uh, freeconferencecall.com, I've used zoom, um, anything that I, you know, sometimes I'll decide to use the video off those two tools. Sometimes I won't use a tube video. Sometimes I'll just extract the MP3 file and put a picture with it with an editing tool. Um, I've been playing with a ton of different editing tools, um, over the va- past February vacation, I went nutty with four or five video editing tools that I tried and, um, You know, and what I ended up settling with after, you know, I mean, if you Google how to edit your podcast, everyone's going to recommend audacity right off the top of the head. And there is a learning curve to people with audacity, especially if you haven't used it in a couple of years or you want to try it out. It's, you know, it's essentially just an audio editor. I. I deferred. I am not a Mac person at heart, but I deferred back to the Mac and simple iMovie for being able to edit, you know, edit my audio and also edit a graphic that was going to go over um, after trying multiple open source video editors, even going back to um, Windows Movie Maker was even decent at uh, quick edits, you know, but I've defaulted back to the Mac program. And, you know, when I have a couple edits that I need to make quick, I'm on iMovie.
0: Have you, uh, okay. So you just said that you dabbled in a lot of them here. I, I want to yep. see if we can get some, some good, uh, show notes, uh, juice sure. flowing here. What have you used? Like w- w- throw a couple curveballs at us tonight.
1: Lightworks. Open shot video editor. Um, you know, of course, open shot, uh, lightworks, open shot video editor, um, Essentially, any editor, uh, open source editor, um, video pad, video editor, um, you know, like any person, like I didn't want to spend money. I was looking to try to do this as cheap as I could do it. Um, but on my desk, I have two computers. I have a Mac and I have a PC. And I had done final editing and cuts on the iMovie before. And, and what I did is I just broke down because my, um, and, um, I messed around with three or four different platforms. And but, ended but- up there.
0: But you know what? I say this to every new web developer. I say this to every new podcaster. Find every single platform out there and try it. And whichever one you like, stick with it, you know? And then go do your search. But, you know, we see on Facebook every day somebody new pop up. And the first question they ask is, you know, what's the best audio hosting or what's the best? And the answer is always, you figure it out, right? And the same thing with your your web platform. I mean, I always suggest... Sign up for WordPress, for Wix, for Weebly, for Blog. What? Get an account for everyone. See what you like to use first. Narrow it down to the top two, top three. Then start asking questions about, you know, should I or shouldn't I? But, you know, do your homework first and, and figure out what works for you.
1: And I and I would piggyback on that that um now after using uh, um I use anchor as one of my platforms and I used anchor because it pushed out to almost every other platform. Right. Um so um anchor actually just got purchased. Um yeah,
0: b- big time.
1: Right. And so, but I was kind of already, you know, still considering I was gonna use anchor for that ability to push it out to all those other platforms, but I was also after using anchor, I decided. I also want to stay independent. I I always want my own MP3 file. I want um, an independent recording tool. I want to always be increasing the definition of my video quality, Um, always keeping it on a budget. You know, you know, I want to, you know, what's gonna work best for the audio, for the video, what's gonna be the best for the editing. Um, so I'm, you know, as much as I still upload to Anchor, if I can get an MP3 file, an MP4 file that I can use for YouTube. Um, I'm just as happy with that um, because flexibility, and I can put it into tools like I just recently started using. We talked about Substack a little bit. Um, I recently started using that tool where you can upload any audio file to your newsletter format, and um, I think that'll be an exciting kind of move forward.
0: So we're, we're all over the place here. I want to want to see if we can <laughs> want to see if we can kind of reel these things in here because we we recently did a show uh, with another podcaster who was using Anchor. Um, let me see if I understand a couple things, and I'll, I'll kind of ask some questions here that have been coming to me since we did that episode. Anchor, uh, you can create shows in Anchor or you yeah. can create a show and then upload it to Anchor. Just true or false?
1: You, I believe you can do both. You can do both. Is Anchor both.
0: only a mobile platform or can you do it all on a desktop as well?
1: I I've mainly used my phone as the the big selling point of Anchor when Anchor first when I first became exposed to Anchor probably about 6 to last year, early last year was that Anchor would allow you to record multiple people in on your phone. Mm. So that was like a selling point to anchor. I tried it. It was a little sticky for me to get to work, but I was already signed up for the account. I started looking at it. I said, well, it's still a pretty kind of cool mobile platform. If I decided to just maybe even do my own something with it. Um, it, it did enable me to upload on my own, but I found myself often going to the web based platform to check in and make the edits on my settings on my profile because it was much easier to change your, what your profile, some of those details, uploading a photo, easier to do on the web part of anchor where um but when you see it on your phone you're constantly thinking boy i could just make a podcast because you can do it from your phone and it has this feature where you can add multiple callers so you that know, was the selling point to me at first
0: th- there's a statistic that's coming around and, and I- i'm not gonna get this accurate at all but it's something to the effect of out of all the recent podcasts that have been s- uh, submitted to apple some high number have been created by anchor.
1: Okay. And
0: now if you're talking in the podcasting world, everybody has their own opinion of this. Um, You know, some people say that's because most of the anchor shows only have one episode and then they don't continue. My question to you as somebody who's been using anchor for a while. Now is anchor a good platform to use if you're a beginner Or is it a good platform to use if you're a beginner who, you know, you know, you're going to want to do this and you know, you're starting a podcasting career is anchor the best place to start for that. Or I'll even throw a third option. If I was a fifth grade teacher is anchor for me.
1: I would say no, I would say because the interface can be difficult to use. Um, You know, I, you know, that's what I keep flipping to on my phone here. I keep looking at my anchor icon And yes, it's got big bright buttons for recording and adding episodes. But at the end of the day, um, as a podcaster or a person who's worked on videos and done, you know, involved with video and and instruction through video or video podcast or podcast just alone as an audio file, um, I think it's better to just learn how to record audio, uh, you know, with a proper mic or a decent mic. Um, and be consistent with that. Also, if you're going to be using video, learn how to be consistent with it. Um, some of those skills of just learning how to record using your PC are much more valuable, I think, if you can get those earlier on in your podcasting and learn how to do that on your own PC or your own Mac and learn the tools that you have. Because what happens is as soon as you pick a platform, and maybe that's the only thing you know how to use up to a certain point, or that's what you're kind of stuck with, um, if you have a lot of options when you know how to do it yourself using your own devices, not a platform. Once you, once you can make a recording on your own, whether you're using whatever to record, um, whether you're paying for a nice suite or you're using something free or you're even using just the built-in tools in your computer, you can do anything with that file. And you also have to, I think, as you make your podcast, think about what's the image of my podcast going to look like? Is it going to have a really nice graphic? Is it going to be is my podcast going to have a really nice graphic? Is it going to have a, um, a cool photo of me? What's my profile? You know, you want to be able to be strategic around your decisions because I think, um, there's so many podcasts, of course, that you have to kind of develop your brand around your podcast. What, who, who do you want to listen to your podcast? Is it administrators? Is it teachers? Is it, um, people just ed- interested in innovation and education? Is it, um, you know, people who want a quick fix to something. Is it someone who an interest topic, and all of that matters. I think people did make a lot of decisions based on the images and, that they put with their podcast. So I think as a beginner, you need to have a strategy. And the best way to develop a strategy is to know all the tools you're working with, because as soon as you commit to a platform like Anchor, Anchor is going to start making decisions for you. It's going to, you know, you're going to get used to uploading the audio audio straight to Anchor. Um, You're going to have to find ways to add it to the web version. You're going to add your icon. It does a lot of the work for you. But I think in the long run, platforms don't last forever. They get bought out all the time. Um, it's, It's best to be able to quickly post your content in multiple places and have your brand associated with it. Because... And I think that's just a better approach.
0: I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I couldn't echo everything that you just said of keeping your brand in mind, owning your content, making sure that you know this stuff. I think there's a value for different things. You know, Anchor is just one of many of these companies out there that provide quick access for somebody wanting to make a podcast and, and why not? Right. There's 700,000 individual shows um, on Apple podcasts and, I think the statistic I heard is somewhere between 2500 and three thousand new RSS feeds are getting uh, approved every single week by Apple I mean it's amazing how much this has worked and I, I think the last statistic I heard is it's it's like a four trillion dollar I, I don't I don't want to give the evaluation yes. of podcasting but I mean it's clearly it's growing
1: and and I would add it can sometimes be a distraction to your process too. Um, I found that when people, found where the podcast was hosted, especially the maple people, as I was working with the podcast um, and people were starting to find the podcast through alternative methods than their newsletter that um, there was like that wow factor of how many different places it can be found. That's increasing views. But at the same time, but is it, uh, right exactly you're you're still competing with a lot of people like and you really you know what are you going to do for the next you're only as good as your next podcast in my mind you know like once you've got one out there you really have to let it go um move on to the next thing because in you know just like tech everything changes really quickly and to me it's all about the conversation you know and you got to keep it quick and relevant and you know once i'm done with one i just try to move on because i'm not going to sit and dwell about you know things, you know, edits, extra things you have to do. Um, I want to be quick and dirty. And I also want to be able to, um, you know, not have to struggle with a lot of the technology to get a, a process down, to be able to push something out in multiple platforms.
0: It's, it's nice hearing you say all this stuff. Cause many people try to get on as many platforms as possible and maybe you get one or two, but I'm still looking at this going, are people really listening to your podcast on, you name the odd thing that's out there that has a huge name, yeah. right? Um, yes, you can find TeacherCast on Spotify. I, I don't think for one moment many of my downloads are coming from Spotify. Um, now, yeah. again, maybe that's just because we don't promote that stuff, and it's hard for any podcaster to say, hey, find me on, right? and you just spew right. it out, right? And so yeah. then you get the find me on wherever you find your podcast, and I'm like, that doesn't work either.
1: I think you, as a podcaster, if you're starting out, you cannot lose by doing YouTube. You know, you, I mean, even myself now, you know.
0: But why? I I mean, I'm going to challenge you on that one, but why?
1: Because I would say part of what inspires me about doing podcasts is, is people like Joe Rogan, people like comedians, people like, um, you know, vloggers who are just very, content knowledgeable, uh, with the onset of YouTube TV, which is directing feeds straight into, um, televisions. Now, um, I find myself at night when I going to, I, you know, at the end of the day, I get out of work, uh, you know, I'll be on Twitter a little bit. I'll, I'll maybe put something out on Twitter, just trying to check in with the Twitter verse. But nowadays I, after that, I'm a, I'm a YouTube guy Same. and I go. Yeah.
0: So you're you're one of the people that will put a YouTube I'm going to in your video on in the background because it's just audio. I mean, I do I'll a lot a, of concert a, videos. Like I'm not watching a concert
1: for 2 hours, but I'll have it on. I'll put on a single graphic um like similar to what Bill Burr does, the comedian. Yeah. will put on a single graphic. He'll do his Monday morning podcast and run the audio in the background. Um I just think YouTube really enables you to Tag your podcast really well. Um, you might get caught. You know, I just think the 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 amount of content on YouTube and the amount of viewers is, it's con- YouTube can't be beat. And I think you know I use it as a resource for everything now. Like I don't even put the regular TV on. Um, I do YouTube TV with an unlimited DVR, I'll watch what I want. But after that I'm moving into podcasts on video and I just, that's my streaming. I'll sit and I'll watch maybe a Joe Rogan podcast. I'll maybe I'll watch some health and diet podcasts. I might do something ed tech only if I have the energy for it. But for the most part, like, um, I'm just looking at a variety of different topics and I'm, and I just think, you know, it's much more engaging. Like I'm much more likely to leave it on and, and fall asleep. I'll, I'll put it on in the background and I don't really have to worry about, um, I could put it back in an open tab in my Chrome browser at work. If I'm working on a document, if I want to learn about something in ed tech in the background or listen to another podcast or, you know, just try to get some energy, some innovation mindset going and listen to a really cool um, podcast from an educator, I'll, I'll go to YouTube. I mean, I, I, I just find like it's becoming a, a, a huge place for a lot of different types of content now. And um, I just really enjoy it as a single platform.
0: We're going to take a quick break, or, and when we come back, we're going we're gonna to argue a little bit more about how to really dive into web design. And this is a, a topic I'm looking forward to hearing from you because I, 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 you've got a certain thing that you're doing here that I'm very, very interested in learning. And again, we were talking about this before, but we're going to come back in just a moment here, we're talking live here with, uh, with Dr. Daniel Downs on the educational podcasting today. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for checking out today's program. I wanted to take a moment today to talk to you about my friends at Student Treasures. You see, Student Treasures has been turning students into published authors for more than 20 years. They've been providing everything that you need to turn your class into published authors, and they do it for free. Student Treasures' free publishing kit makes it easy, and this hands-on writing activity motivates your students to write and inspires them to learn by turning their writing and illustrations into a -a one-of-a-kind book. Creating a class book promotes student collaboration, builds self-esteem, and is an easy way to incorporate all of the educational standards. So you see, when you turn your students into published authors, you'll automatically receive a free teacher's copy of your class's book, along with any copies ordered by their parents. Nothing will motivate your students more than seeing their work come to life in a real book. But don't take our word for it, more than 440,000 teachers have turned over 14 million students into published authors with student treasures. You don't want to miss the looks on their faces when they see their works come to life in a professionally bound book. They'll love looking back on this treasured keepsake for years to come. Learn more about publishing and turn your class into proud authors at studenttreasures.com forward slash teachercast. And we are back today talking to Dr. Daniel Downs. We are talking all about podcasting. We're talking about web design. And, and Daniel, uh, I got to ask you, when, when you listen to things, you gave us a few names before the break, but uh, you know, when you're in your car, when you're just trying to relax, um, who do you listen to? Like What podcasts, educational, not educational, uh, what, uh, what tickles your fancy here?
1: I am a Joe Rogan podcast addict. I can put on a Joe Rogan podcast and listen to two hours of that podcast. And, um, you know, I'm amazed by his guest. I'm amazed by his technology, Um, you know, what he's been able to do. And then, you know, the amazing part is, you know, he's kind of inspiring too. If you look back in his older videos, um, you'll see like his technology has completely transformed as he's built his audience. Um, You know, and I I think he speaks to millennials, Gen Xers really well. and I just, I love his content. I love his demeanor with people. I think he's very fair with his guests on very political topics, very interesting stuff. Um, you know, I, I do a lot of that. I do a lot of um, health and diet um, vlogs on YouTube. I do, um, I, I, you know, always if I need to learn something related to tech, um, You know, I've, I've been, I've, you know, gone to YouTube all the time. Um, some, you know, I, I don't always remember the names, so I I apologize, but, um, using video as a tool to learn has just been a big thing. Um, trying to kind of planking on other YouTubers. I mean, I'm just kind of like, a I do a lot of sports through YouTube, um, youtube tv i'm you know i'm just kind of dedicated to youtube the
0: the question that we always pop up here is is what is it about a specific show or host i mean if you if you take joe rogan for instance and i'm i'm not afraid to admit this on my show he has a few also a few more downloads than i do each month right what is it about his show is it is it because because we can always compare ourselves to the Joe Rogans and that's not fair. Like we are right. we are teachers with dozens of downloads. He is a mondo mega celebrity in the podcasting world, and then on top of that, he's he's Joe Rogan, right? So it's hard to compare, and it's hard right. to say Joe's making money. I want my show. I'm going, dude. You're a fifth grade teacher. Just right. make good content, but. But with everything that you just mentioned, right? You said you listen to stuff in your car, at home, at night. The question is, what makes a
1: good podcast? To me, I, I think the first concern for me about podcasts that kind of made me think what's a good one, what's a bad one was the length. Um, hmm. When I first started thinking about doing a podcast, I said to myself, well, if I make it too long and people see how long it is, they're never going to listen to the whole thing. Then there was that thought. Well, maybe I'll just do twenty-minute podcasts. And now I know there's also I think there's a platform out there called Synth. Yes. Which which is only like what is it like a couple minutes?
0: Synth is a two hundred and fifty-six second platform. You can find more information about it over at Go Synth. I've been using it with my kids. It is amazing.
1: And so, I mean, you you have the range of like now considerations of what the length is. So. What I've learned in at least my process with podcasts is I think it's okay to do a 20 minute podcast because it's fun and you might capture something in a moment and be able to edit and have a really nice piece of content, especially if you have a really kind of cool, interesting person and you don't have a lot of questions, but you want to capture a particular moment. With people who are doing books, or you know, maybe you have a guest who's a writer or has something they're promoting, um, I really think it's valuable to do something maybe out to 45 minutes. Um, because you really need to allow them to express themselves. You need to have time for the natural questioning to happen. And you also need time to kind of build a rapport with the person in a very short period of time um, on a conversational level. Um, I think those are the keys with those longer podcasts that make them successful. So, you know, in a, you know, in a perfect world, I I think the 45 minute podcast where you have a really great guest with really great, great questions and you, and you, when someone asks you, oh, I saw you did that podcast and you can say, you know, it's a little slow in the beginning, but wait till it heats up. I, I I will wait till it heats up if someone gives me a recommendation like that, or I learn about if I'm a follower of someone. And I, you know, it was hard in the beginning when I first started watching Joe Rogan. I didn't want to, I mean, it, I, it took forever to evolve. And I think, you know, some of his episodes took forever to evolve. And I, and I, and that's how I learned that, you know, I think from his style, that when something takes forever to evolve, there's usually a good reason for it if you If you've built a good rapport with the person you're you're working with,
0: well, Dan, we have eleven minutes left by what you just said here, so let's let's see if we can uh, get that forty five minute thing in here but you know it's it's interesting what you're saying there because I listen to shows that are sometimes four hours long, like sometimes every day of the of the commute Monday to Friday is one podcast episode. And and I don't mind that. And I like the synth idea because, you know, synth is essentially four and a half minutes. But they are producing, you know, a, a, the synth as the product is strictly educational. And, and you know, we don't need our kids making 25-minute long podcast assignments for their classroom. Four minutes is enough. And even when I give out four-minute assignments, they give me like 65 seconds.
1: But I, I'll, I will say, I mean, I don't want to be a contrarian here. Please do. But I... But I I'll say that mindset the mindset that synth provides, if you give that mindset to students sometimes, um, that editing down kind of reflects some of the things that we haven't we've necessarily asked students not to do in such a digital age, a reflection in terms of taking the time like beyond what the technology and you know the amount of ads, the, the continuing bombardment of media online. Um, when I see something like synth, sometimes I say to myself, um, is this really what we want? You know, is it people creating shorter and shorter chunks and being asked to create shorter and shorter chunks, even Twitter added more characters. Mm -hmm. Um, I with the shorter and shorter chunks, I, I just get to me, I'm just not that entertained. Um, unless it was like a how-to tutorial and maybe you're getting a kid, I think it's a great introduction for students to podcasting because maybe it's that confined time, you wanna have a specific control over that project, they're in, they're out, I get that, it's great. Um, but there, I think there also should be a conversation with those students around what types of mindsets related to teaching and learning and sometimes um, it takes having a real conversation that goes on in a natural flow um, to really learn something to to keep our attention levels at a at a healthy level. Um, I do worry about the attention level piece, and um, I think that's kind of the challenge I give myself with podcasts too. Is I already know people's attention levels are so small. What can I do in topically and or with a specific person that will create meaningful content that doesn't get switched over really, really quickly because essentially, I feel like I have to dive deeper into instructional methods. I have to dive deeper with my content and make, you know, decisions to dive just so much deeper that you know I don't expect to, you know, have a million people listen to these things. But if I get five or six people who really like the topic and really maybe have done something similar with an educator or, or are interested in an interesting practice, um, that's what matters to me. Um, And that's why, like, I don't, I mean, when it talks about pushing it out to a million people, sometimes I just want to push it out to the people I'm doing a Twitter chat with. Sometimes I just want to push it out to an organization which is promoting a specific, important aspect of education. Um, I see it as, I see every podcast, not so much as... um, I have to hit this big market as much as almost as if I'm doing a presentation at a conference. What am I doing to that room? If I were to be talking to a single room of people about the topic, what am I going to be saying to engage them? And I feel like that keeps it, for me, content focused, keeps me down, you know, and um, helps keep me focused a little bit um, beyond just thinking of podcasting as a way. I mean, I know. um there's a lot of educators out there, but even as you dive into education, people have such diverse interests. There's such niche areas of topics that I think if you're especially, we were talking a little bit about entry-level podcasters, I think it's very important. It's okay to have a niche, a niche little area that you really care about and you want to try podcasting in. To me, that's way more exciting than making a bland, boring podcast around tech tools and tips that you can blast out in four minutes. And, you know, I, if someone has someone that I haven't met before, or it's almost like a little mini network session by attending, a, you know, listening in on a 30-minute podcast, getting to know someone in a way that I never knew them before, or maybe I've heard a name in education and this person has is having a real conversation with that person, you know, I, I'm able to then, have a little bit of vetting of that person like boy you know it's very i might go see that person speak now or you know they were way more interesting than i thought they were and i think that's kind of back to the joe rogan point i think that's what's great about joe rogan is you meet people that you may may never have really understood unless they were in a two-hour podcast format
0: We are here talking to Dr. Daniel Downs about everything under the sun podcasting. We want to know what you guys think. If you're out there listening, we want to hear from you. You can, of course, find us on Twitter at podcasting today. Leave us a voice message over at teachercast.net slash voicemail and send us your questions, concerns, anything about today's show or anything else about that's on your mind about podcasting over at feedback at teachercast.net. That's feedback at teachercast.net. Now. Dan, I want to wrap up today's show by talking about one of our favorite topics here, which is websites. Creating stuff online. I am so glad that earlier in our show you had brought up the term brand and building a brand and creating things. You've created several different digital hubs for your show, for your podcast, for your brand. Currently, you're using a tool that most podcasters wouldn't think to use. I want to dive into this. Talk to us a little bit about building your website using Blogger.
1: So... I was a web design teacher. I'd built sites from the ground up for, for years, and that can be a great experience, and that you learn a lot. But it can also be a very frustrating experience through edits, hosting, all the concerns of a, a website that you kind of come and talk. Domain names. I've owned hundreds of domain names over the past like ten years, um, and you know I've experimented with everything. What I've found, you know, I've done the WordPresses of the world. I've done both versions of WordPress, org, Com. switch between both of them, adding the domains, you know, having non-custom domains. Um, so I've kind of gotten to this point in my life where like I just became kind of tired. I, I, and I wanted to have something that I knew I could at least have for a couple of years with my domain name. And so what I did was I decided to settle on Blogger with a custom domain name, Um, and that was because it's easy to add a custom domain name, which means you don't have to add hosting through GoDaddy or any external service. You can do your hosting through Google, um, your domain name that you purchase through your domain name provider links simply to and forwards right to the blogger. The downside is, is that you do have a redirect that happens from your domain to the pages on your blogger with a blogger name. Um, Which is kind of, you know, can be annoying, but like once you've edited a million sites, you're happy that something just directs properly. (laughs) And um, so it directs. And then also, as you make pages and posts, there are tricks in Blogger that actually make the URLs the name of your post so that you can move away from kind of those random URLs in your post. So it does get the search engine kind of activity up, the SEO features of the web page, so that the extension of your URL is usually the name of the page or the post as opposed to a number or, or A number or letter character Um, and bloggers are incredibly easy to um, edit uh, update um, their Google accounts so I find myself switching between my work blogger which is on a work Google domain and then to my personal Gmail which is has another blogger so in terms of editing I can move back and forth very quickly if I want to cross post something that's relative from my work um, digital learning page to my personal digital learning page, maybe it's it's valid on both sites, it's easy to do. Um, and so also as you add podcasting platforms and add you, as you add other tools to the tool set of, you, of what you're trying to do when you're pushing your name out there, I think you need to eventually come to a point where like you realize you can't spend all day editing your website. And you also realize like if you wanna have multiple sites, you gotta even do it even faster. Um, so there's certain things you sacrifice Um, but at the end of the day, I think people care most about your content. You know, if you're putting quality content out, um, and that's all I try to do is, is like, I, I, I'm trying to be more committed to just quality content more consistently on multiple platforms. Um, and I think for me, that's like all where I'm at.
0: So you said quality content more consistently. And, and, you know, that is certainly something that we strive here for a teacher cast and, What is the secret to doing that? Like what, what is, you know, just like I asked you, what do, what defines a quality podcast that you listen to when you're looking for quality and consistency in the blog posts? What what are you doing these days to make sure that people see, you know, you find you and love you. Uh,
1: So uh, a couple of things Um, on the personal side, I'm reflecting more. So if something inspires me, I really start to say to myself, is it some, you know, I will, I will take it. If I do a podcast, I look at it as I think this podcast would also be a very cool written blog about the experience in the background of how I met this person. And I think there's always a blog entry for every podcast, too. I think there's always enough reflection with any time you make a podcast to create a blog entry to go with it. Um, and if you can't, then it wasn't probably inspiring enough. Uh, when I meet, I, I try to network and meet people who really push me to think about innovation education. When I meet those people, um, I think they're perfect to kind of engage in the idea of a podcast. Or even today, you know, I did a, a design thinking session around STEAM. That process to me it's a newer process, but it's so engaging and there was so much planning behind it, that makes good content to me because it's something that I know I've committed time to and value to and I'm now taking that value and I'm trying to justify it with um, some content, putting it out there, because as we all know, if you like writing, if you like making podcasts, you also like reflecting on what you've done. And I I see it as very therapeutic for my own like creative process, not only as a podcaster or as a writer, it's also like therapeutic as an educator that I find ways to reflect and bring it back. And I think if you can do that with your podcast idea, that's a good idea. That's that's as good as it's going to get is what you have to be happy with what you put out there.
0: So the question that we often debate back and forth here is, and this is picking up on something you just said, when you put out a podcast, is it show notes or is it a full thousand word blog post?
1: Oh, no, I I write it. So what I do is I'll try to um, encapsulate really the theme of the podcast if it... Um, if it's about sharing something related to robotics or STEAM, which I've done in the past, it's it's taking the idea of what I was trying to share, uh, write a paragraph or two around what I'm really trying to talk about, um, writing a couple of bullet points to kind of support it, and writing a close. and I, And I would encourage people just starting out too. And I kind of wish I had been doing this for years. I didn't. I just recently started doing this. Um, just make trying to write a little bit every day. Um, and I think I. I, I'm almost interested in like if people have inspiring thoughts related to education and it's a little bit longer than what tr- Twitter can handle, um think about what it could look like. You have to write it down and see it and put it out there to yourself and then think about it. But I think you have to have a creative process for the writing. and then I mean, blogging and podcasting to me is a fully creative process. I I, I went to art school. So like, I'm kind of like more of a creative person than anything. Um, I lean creative. Um, so for me taking on these things, having multiple websites, using different platforms, I think you have to Im- allow yourself to be creative with your process, be okay with the output. People are not, I mean, the people who are so judgmental about, if there are people that you think are going to be judgmental about your podcast, they aren't doing podcasts themselves. So don't worry about it. All right. They're not putting themselves out there. They're not trying to have coherent conversations that are relevant in education and recording them and, and, and doing it. So I think you have to get a little bit of faith in yourself, work out the technical aspects and find some great tools to kind of help support you and also find a buddy. I think finding, I have a podcast buddy, um, Del Vacion. She's in, uh, in a district um, in Massachusetts with me. And I, fi- I, I highly recommend if you're interested in doing podcasts, find a podcast buddy, someone who will, who will talk topics with you and put it out. Um, and she's been very supportive. And, and what it does is she's like the reminder that if we haven't put one out in like a month or we're a little delayed, let's do a podcast. Let's do it. Let's do a Twitter chat. Let, you need to have those buddies who know like what you're thinking about and what you want to do. And also people who engage you on your topics and challenge you.
0: Daniel, you are filling me with so many ideas for blog posts, for podcast ideas. I hope that uh, you would consider coming back on the show because we can continue this going down to many, many other topics. I know there's a bunch of stuff that we haven't even had time to get to, but I do want to take a moment and ask you for uh, any advice that you might give a new podcaster, whether it comes to, taking that plunge on being a podcaster, creating a website. Like if somebody came to you and said, Yoda, what do I do? What's the first thing that you'd recommend anybody looking to do?
1: You want to make a Google doc and you start that Google doc and you write down the name and the description of your podcast, what you think your podcast could be. You, um, if you have existing domain names or any URLs or anything that you're currently branding yourself with, your Twitter name, you put that on the Google Doc. You have to create almost a vision board for what you wanna be and what you're gonna be this time and what you're gonna make yourself be in terms of your branding, in terms of the profile photo you're gonna use. You gotta pick a decent one. You can't pick the one where you're you know, you know, sunbathing, right? And uh, you gotta you know, try to get a logo, try to make something cool, Try to, you know, have a little twist on it. Don't be afraid to take risks. Don't be afraid to say something a little different. Um, you put all that information down in something, you know, cohesive to yourself. And then you, you make a list of topics. or. And I wouldn't even make a massive list of topics. What is the thing that you are thinking the most about in education right now? And what you do is you find the audio recorder on your um, either your PC or on your own phone. I'm at the point now where like, sometimes if I want to self-reflect, I'll literally just make a selfie video and I'll reflect in a couple topics. I'll listen to it later. And if it's a great topic, I'll then write about it or I'll think about doing a podcast about it. But I, you know, try to stay in the moment, come with your best moment, you know, your best topics possible, stay motivated, write every week, um, find a simple way to record. If video is too much for the challenge off the bat, don't do it. Find a nice microphone, something that works for you. Do one alone your first time and just talk about the topic, practice and see how the audio recording sounds. Then find a buddy, find someone that you work with, who you um, have a cool conversation around educational topic and go for the gold. Then put yourself together, have those video files, you know, Maybe upload to YouTube, but make sure you have an image so someone can identify what the podcast is about, something to brand yourself, make sure you're titling it properly, making sure you're adding tags around the topics that you're proposing, Um, add the SEO, um, and then think about the next one and and adjust. It's just that easy, everybody.
0: (laughs) Danny, uh, Dan, I want to say thank you so much for coming on. But before I let you go, we have a little ritual here that we like to do from time to time with our guests. And it is called the Jersey Five. Five questions that uh, get you thinking, get you moving, and and really, really help uh, put this whole podcasting thing into perspective. We didn't talk a little bit about this ahead of time, but I have a feeling that you'd be up for the challenge. Would you be prepared, willing, and able to take the Jersey Five today?
1: Sure. Anything for Jersey.
0: All right, I warn you, they, they start off easy and then they get a little bit harder. Question number right. one, your favorite Twitter follower or ha- Twitter account or hashtag to
1: follow? Oh, at Thomas Murray. How come? I just think he brings such a fresh voice for uh, Future Ready and the Alliance. of You know, and, and most personable guy you'd meet Um Powerful speaker, um, really great movement around the future ready movement around the uh, from a national perspective. Um, and I think that's what schools need now is all, um, people like that who can speak to larger audiences around what what um, changes we really need to see kind of in, um, in public education and um, providing opportunities for students with the future ready.
0: Second question favorite educational tool. Oh,
1: uh, this week.
0: <laughs> um <laughs> during the within the last hour that we've been talking. <laughs>
1: so I would say um Substack for the blogging and the podcasting, but the also Wakelet is really taking me by storm too. I love the Wakelet
0: haven't tried that yet. Uh, Got gotta look into all that stuff. All right, number three, best advice you've ever been given as a podcaster.
1: Um, I'm not going to show my video part while we talk. That moment <laughs> when someone agrees to do the podcast and then they tell you like, uh, they like they're awkwardly trying to let you know that they're in no shape or form to do the video portion. Um, that is usually a good advice not to include it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's a good one for everybody out there. All right. the, The next one gets a little bit harder here. What do you hope your listeners take away from you after your show?
1: I just want them to think about what, um, they're doing in their schools, you know, and if they are coming up against similar kind of either, um, initiatives that they're trying to put forward or, um, you know, with some of the topics, you know, I, I had a great conversation with Julie Wilson from Maple and she's a, um, she has a book about um, change that's out and change in schools. And um, I hope that educators can, you really use podcasts as a way to kind of escape the grind of the day to day and have a real reflective moment. And if I can do anything to help them think about instructional practices in a reflective way that doesn't drive them insane like they've heard it a million times uh, or um, it just gets them to think about it a little differently than they thought about it for me that's a a win and I if I can do that for anyone and I'd be happy
0: and the last one here and and I'm looking forward to hearing this answer what is the best teachable moment you've ever had
1: teachable moment oh this is a great question and challenging um oh because ooh. you could go down pretty different routes for this uh-huh um can I put a little bit of a spin on it sure so I was self-employed up until the age of like 25 and I found myself at a Bickford's and I was kind of at a crossroads in life and I and I uh was sitting there at like four in the morning having coffee with like a couple like 60, 70, 80 year old men who, you know, would always be giving me advice. But of course I was like 25 and never listening. And I was at the point where I hadn't fully decided to to go forward into education. And I'd been working, you know, with some businesses that, you know, just weren't inspiring to me. And, um, I was kind of in this middle stage of life and I had just finished, you know, explaining everything I had done that day to this older gentleman. Um, and I had operated this business and there's a lot to the whole business thing, but, um, I was worn out and stressed and I, you know, I was expressing to him the things I needed to do, how busy I was, what was going on with me. Um, And essentially the older man across from me just said, where do you see this going? And it always stuck with me when he asked me that, because in that very simple comment of where do you see this going? He, he, it was a gentle nudge to me to basically take a moment to reflect and realize that um, no matter what I was wrapped in at the moment and I was caught with and I was stuck with and overwhelmed with, um, there's always going to be a next stage of that. And if you're ever caught, stuck, overwhelmed, and frustrated and you feel like there's, you know, it's very diff- you're in a difficult situation or you're not quite sure where your life is going, what your next steps are, um, I think it's important to ask yourself, where do you see this going? Because he put me in a position where I really needed to try to answer that question, not to him, but to myself, right? And for me, that was a hugely teachable moment because I was learning through his questioning in a way that he he sensed that I needed to think about my direction in a way that was more meaningful. And it was beyond what was bugging me at the moment. And um, for me, it's just something I never forgot.
0: Dan, you are an amazing, amazing guy, and I'm so happy that you are on the show. Thank you so much for your time today. Tell everybody where they can get a hold of you.
1: So I love Twitter. I'm at Daniel Downs on Twitter and DanielDowns.com. Feel free to follow the blog. Uh, On my Twitter, if you... If you like any of my content, feel free to subscribe to the Substack, which will essentially anytime I write something up or put a podcast out, you'll get a little email. Um, it also allows me to know, like I have someone who at least likes what I'm doing, um, you know, and I get a little notification of that person. So it's like, yay, someone gets what I'm doing and is interested in talking with me on some level, maybe to it someday. Um, so I appreciate any connections out there and uh, I love the world of social media and education. It's a great driving force for personal learning.
0: You know, I would love to have you come back on some time and, and just talk about what you just said. You gave the name of your Twitter account. You gave the name of your website. It is your name. You know, many people talk uh, about, you know, what should I get my domain name to be? And I'm always telling them branding, keep your name. Your name is your brand. When people want to find you, there it is. Make it be your URL. Make it be your Twitter account. Go for it. I would love to have you come back on sometime, and we we could do another hour and a half, if not more, and just just branding, 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 all good stuff.
1: No, this has been great. Thank you. This has been a great opportunity. I, you know, and you've had great questions, and I appreciate anything you've enabled me to share.
0: And we want to know what your questions are. If you're looking to learn a little bit more about podcasting, if you have any questions for for Doctor Downs here, you can of course reach us over at Podcasting Today on Twitter or, of course, go to educationalpodcasting.today. If you are looking out there for learning how to bring in podcasts with your students, we have a great new website for you. It's podcastingwithstudents.com. Learn about how to bring in you know, equipment, applications, new curriculum, lots of different things. Check out over there at podcastingwithstudents.com. We have some great resources, and we want to say one last time – Thank you so much for making TeacherCast your home for professional development. We are here for you guys each and every Monday morning with our Ask the Tech Coach show. We are here delivering great content on podcasting and educational podcasting today. We, of course, have nine other podcasts available where your local podcast can be found. And we hope that you become a subscriber to the TeacherCast Educational Network today. And I'll be so until next time, guys, we want to say thank you. And on behalf of everybody here in the TeacherCast Educational Network, my name is Jeff Bradbury, reminding you to keep up the great work in your classroom and continue sharing your passions with your students.